Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's Friday afternoon, so that's podcasting time. T-G-I-F. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, today I want to start off talking about a, one of my favorite things to discuss, which is synchronicities or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we love synchronicities over here. Yes. We're just a font of constant coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was it's since it's related to what I'm reading, I figured, you know, we could yes, start with that. But so the other day I was asked um who my favorite author is and I have never really been able to answer that question. I don't know. Can you right. do you know the answer to that? Mm. No, no. It changes no. for me. There, yeah, and I mean, yeah, if you had asked me when I was a kid, I would have been like, JK Rowling, no question. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I mean I'm I'm kind of the same way with favorite kind of music. Favorite anything, really. I have a hard time with favorite anything. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't have a favorite food or even type of food or yeah, yeah. color or Depends on a day. Of That's my yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe that just means that we're unhinged, but um, <laughs> don't tell anyone. I prefer to be complicated. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> and complicated in a fun way. Fun, exactly. serious way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Complicated can, can have a bad connotation, but not in our case. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was asked, uh, you know, a favorite author. And so I kind of actually had to kind of think about it for a minute. And then I thought, well. You know, for most of my adult life, I would have just said Paul Auster, who, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, who I studied years ago. And um, so still, actually, like the feeling that I had reading the first novels of his, Mm -hmm. where it just felt like I was discovering something amazing. Oh, that's the best. And Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was I was young. And so it was like and he was. He is a, a famous author, but he's not a James Patterson type, you know. So right, right. There were, it wasn't something that was frequently discussed, you know. Like mm-hmm. anyway, so it was. It was like a little, you know, these nuggets of something that were special, right? And so I had that on my mind, but not really because it was just kind of in passing. Mm-hmm. And then I see a friend's post on Facebook, and it has a quote from Paul Auster. But it's not even, first of all, that's pretty obscure. It, I don't know. Yeah. But um, it wasn't someone who, I, you know, I had had known, it, enjoyed his work or anything like that. Right. And it was just on some posts about um, that she visited Nacogdoches and, and for some reason quoted Paul Auster. So I was like, well, that's a strange coincidence that I'm yeah. thinking no, about. I mean, this. again, if, if anyone quoted James Patterson at any point, <laughs> I would not see twice. very often. <laughs> right. I was about to say, I can't even imagine what that would look like, but um, I, I still would, if I did think twice, it wouldn't be because he was the person because he's everywhere. I think I made right. the joke that um, I could point it, any book and the chances of it being a James Patterson book are pretty high. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but, no. But yeah, he's very prolific. Absolutely. And, um, and most people have read at least one of his books. Right. Even me. 
And <laughs> Emmy, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> He's gotten to all of us. <laughs> but so, okay. So I asked my favorite author, you know, kind of remember like an obscure detail and then see this post. And then I'm reading a book that same night and it's a, a new book that's just come out that I'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or it's, it's coming out soon. And he quotes Paul Auster in it. And I was just like, okay, what, what, what is, is the meaning on? of this? Yeah. Right. And so, and that's the, that's the thing about that sort of thing. And that's sort of the, the thing about these books that I'm going to talk about today mm-hmm. is that they are, they leave you with that feeling of there has to be some sort of meaning in it, but there's not, yeah. there's no way you can make a meaning come from that. Uh-huh. And so that feeling is kind of unsettling or uncanny yeah I was about to say I can't decide if I like that idea or hate that idea (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah it it becomes like an obsessive thing if you think about it yes it's an exciting it's an exciting feeling but kind of knowing that there's I don't know not an ending not an answer uh yeah what do you do with that I know (laughs) crazy I guess (laughs) My sister makes her art about that topic and I, um, you know, have talked to other people and there's quite a number of people that have those experiences pretty frequently. Yeah. And you had mentioned one and I've had the same thing. In fact, probably the creeped, most creeped out I've ever been was um, about that whole thing is like in the shower, just like thinking somebody's name, like a, a, yeah, a famous name really clearly in my head for no reason. Uh-huh. And then getting out of the shower and then there's that name. Yes. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. What does <laughs> what? this mean? And it's not always something that I would think would hold meaning. I don't know. It's, right. it's usually something super mundane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing that holds a big place in my life or heart. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like there's, I'm going to, you know, find that there's some import and that, oh, Paul <laughs> Oster died yesterday and that you know, right. he was reaching to you through the cosmos or something. And, you know, and that happened at the moment of death. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, but, and the same thing with, you know, like silly things like hearing somebody's name, but it was, um, it's just like a little it is. jolt, I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so the book that I'm that I'm reading that um, that does have that quote in it is called Maxwell's Demon by Stephen Hall, mm-hmm. and I had been hoping for a book from him for years now because he wrote a book um, called Raw Shark Texts. Um, I want to say it's like ten years ago, um, <laughs> maybe more, and it is. They're both. There's just a really embrace the element of the uncanny or the uh-huh. um, just just to make you think about how weird life really is right yep. you know just yep. if, in the universe and our place in it and so in Maxwell's demon um, I won't go into great detail but he does talk about uh, entropy and that Entropy, you know, like that everything's falling apart, essentially. Yeah. And right. I'm no scientist. So, you know, I'm, I'm, neither is he. So <laughs> I was about I'm to just... say, I'm the right audience then. That's fine. <laughs> and so, you know, he's not getting into like real scientific theory or anything. But sure. 
or even philosophical, but or I guess more philosophical. Anyway, well, yeah, I was about to say I think that's the best way for me to um, to hear something like that. Honestly, I just yeah. don't have a very scientific leaning mind. I mean, I you know I like science. I just um, it's yeah. not my forte. So yeah. yeah. Well, so he's talking about entropy and like the universe and he he uses the analogy of your kitchen and messiness Mm -hmm. and that how there's very there's actually a small number of ways that your kitchen can be neat and an almost infinite number of ways that it can be messy don't i currently know it right this very moment (laughs) i know i was like man he is really reading my book today and uh, But, you know, basically like how if you're if your bowls are stacked in the cupboard, that's neat. If right. they're anywhere else, it's messy. Uh-huh. And so there's like an infinite that's, other number yes. of places that oh. all those things could be. And doesn't it make you feel crazy to think about that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like fighting that. Or at least I know you and I are in terms of kitchens, but yes. um, <laughs> fighting that entropy all the time, trying to put it back in its place and make it less messy yeah but the universe tends toward that messiness and that like breaking everything down so we're really just at one with the universe i think is Uh, why we have messy kitchens (laughs) i let's go with that and also i'm gonna need a break to (laughs) take all of this in (laughs) i'm just kidding but uh yeah my mind is spinning a little bit i yeah i think that's cool yeah it's a very it was a very um good analogy and i as I, you know, he started talking about, it, I was like, okay, this is simplifying it. And then mm-hmm. you know, he, he goes into all of these other things, you know, like if you then think about all of the, all of the kitchens and all of the houses <laughs> and all of the multiple universes that there are all at the same time. And, you know, right. Anyway. Oh man. Yeah. But I do want to say that, you know, that it, the books themselves are not, um, unreachably intellectual or anything they're very readable and very um creepy and interesting and so i i wouldn't you know i don't want you people to think that oh well this is a a science a book about science and entropy it's not it's about it's about these characters and yeah applying that to a story yeah and so in raw shark texts um a guy wakes up and finds a note, and it's written from the first Eric Sanderson, which is him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he says, if you're reading this, then I'm already gone, meaning the first one. Oh, gosh. And so, and then to contact the doctor and that she'll know what to do and, and like gives him specific instructions because he has absolutely no memory of anything. <sighs> and, and that's not uh, what you want to hear from yourself when you don't remember <laughs> anything. <laughs> I mean, I think we've probably all had a bad night or two but no we don't no <laughs> right never never to that extreme right, definitely <laughs> and then uh in maxwell's demon the new one that's coming out he the main character is uh, like a failed writer and his father was an extremely famous writer so he kind of lived mm-hmm. in his shadow and they were they grew apart and then um so you know he they're not close or hadn't been right. close for a very long time Right, but he's he says that he's at home and he hears the phone ring and it goes to the answering machine and it's far away in the house and so he can't he's kind of straining to hear it so he's mm-hmm. not one hundred percent sure, but he hears his father's voice asking if he's there, 
Oh my gosh. And so he calls the, um, the phone company and they say <laughs> no call came through just then at that time. <sighs> and then he, he reveals that his father's been dead for seven years and that's why he's freaking oh, out. That's such a great setup. Yeah. And, and then that. of course he's talking about the entropy thing and all of that, but, um, I'm, I haven't finished it. In fact, I was telling you that it's, I tried to get back into, I started to get back into it last night and I was like, no, this is not a late night type of book. I need to, I don't need to. Do I want to sleep tonight? Or... Yeah. 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 Not that it's scary. It's just, it's thought provoking and, yeah. and yeah. weighty, you know, it's, yeah. it's heavy. <laughs> so anyway, so definitely recommend. I'm so excited. I was, I like jumped up and down when I saw that he had a new <laughs> book coming out. Well, and, and yeah, it just sounds like. Um, from what you were telling me, it sounds like he still got it. And that's just always so delightful uh, coming from any artist that, you know, that you have loved and admired in the past. Oh, yeah. That has not always been the case. Exactly. No. With with Paul Oster. Like, he, I, oh, I, I see. fell out of love with Paul Oster. But. Oh, um, well, that know. is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so but then. So it made me think about some books that I had read back from that era, so or that period of my life, mm-hmm. and um, that I that are still really um, like central to me. And one is uh, "White Noise" by Don DeLillo, mm-hmm. and he's on a par with Paul Auster. Like most people compare the two of them, they're about the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Both, you know, New York authors that you know, were like splashy big time guys <laughs> and uh white noise is hard to describe but it's about a, a professor who this I, this happening sort of converges over this little college town where he works and uh-huh. and uh, you just i can't really explain it more than that because you have to kind of go with the flow and uh, it's from the eight he wrote it in the 80s and um I read it, you know, probably early 2000s, late 90s. Uh-huh. And so I had just gotten out of college. And so it, it sort of resonated, you know, and I was in grad school and I right. knew that world, you know, I was. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And um, it's really good. And it hasn't like a, a tinge of a pandemic type situation because it's it's hazardous this this cloud that comes oh yeah so i would highly recommend that and then uh, another one that i was actually i was because i was perusing my shelves was right next to it and i was like oh man i need to reread this one too (laughs) um was the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay by michael shabon and it's hard to describe this one too although this one's a little more straightforward um, it's about these two men, they're cousins, I think. And, um, Cavalier is Jewish and he's also like an escape artist, Houdini type guy. Uh-huh. And so he escapes, um, That's a fun character. Yeah. Yeah. He escapes during the war, comes to the United States and, um, meets up with his cousin Clay mm-hmm. and they are basically too uh, fictive, obviously, but they're at the beginning of comic books. So uh-huh. they're like the, some of the first creators of comics. 
which is not what you thought that was going to go to. <laughs> Did not see that coming. <laughs> exactly. um, but that's cool. Yeah. But it's a big, like, it's, you know, sweeping novel about, you know, getting out of Nazi Prague and yeah and then coming to Brooklyn and then you're on the ground floor of creating this whole new form of art and then um it 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 uh, I think that sounds cool it like it kind of reminds me of um not really but just in the way like didn't see that coming kind of thing like when I started reading Station Eleven mm-hmm. um, which many of us know like I just that that was a story too that had a lot of a lot of stories and went a lot of places I didn't expect it to go. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I love a story like that. Oh, it's really good. And then they've got, of course, they've got the, the characters that they create and then how they compete with other creators at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, the, the politics that's all tied up within all of that, you know, and that time period. So mm-hmm. it's just really good. And that author, the author, um, Shabon is also just brilliant, but that's a, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite books of his. And then I came across um, another book that was from several years ago um, called S, um, uh-huh. and it's by Doug Dorst and J.J. Abrams of Lost uh-huh. Fame, and mm-hmm. it is an amazing book. Um, did I talk about this one before? No, I was about to say. I feel like there was there was something that jj abrams was associated with that you've talked about maybe so and i can't remember well anyway i will if i forgive me if i've discussed it before but i will i'm going to repeat it because i (laughs) I have a terrible memory so (laughs) (laughs) not bothering me (laughs) but it's um basically it's a book but it's also sort of a piece of art because it's um it's a a book that's supposed to be a novel but it's mm-hmm. not a real novel. They wrote mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like written by a fictional character. And then there's text that looks like handwritten text in all the margins of these two characters who communicate to each other through this library book by writing back and forth to each other. And then, oh, I, yeah. again, I don't know if this sounds familiar because I'm trying, I want it to. <laughs> <laughs> Or not, but either way, that's really cool. I I think that's fun. Yeah, and then also stuck inside the book, and this is how you buy it and bring it home, you know, and experience it, are like um, some letters and postcards and photographs and um, uh, telegrams and just all kinds of stuff that they're they're doing research basically on this mysterious Uh author, and uh, so the the book is by this fictional mysterious author. And they're writing back and forth about how they're trying to uncover the secrets of his life. And so they find, they like actually go to, one of them goes to Brazil and, and uh, like finds places where he stayed and finds like these little elements of things that Mm -hmm. he's left, you know, behind. Yeah. And then stuck it all in this book. And so it was... I mean, I was so amazed when this book came out and I thought, wow, that is just, it's not, it's not a a good library book. book. (laughs) uh, Right. I was about to say a book with props is um, definitely one to own (laughs) rather than get from the library. But um, 
how fun. Yeah. So um, I have a copy I think I want to give away as a, oh, yeah. a prize. So we'll revisit that once I figure out how what's the best way to do that. But um, anyway, it is just like, I mean, all the, the paper of the things that are like put in there, there's like a letter that's written on a legal pad. And so it's like yellow legal pad, long uh-huh. paper. And so folded up. And then another like letter that's an old letter and the paper's really delicate and fragile. And Ooh. it's just like, like somebody put a lot of thought and work into this. Yes. Oh, that's anyway, neat. that's yeah. fun. Super cool. Um, and then, well, I want what have you been getting into? And then I'll, I think that's all the books that I have for this week. So. Yeah, I mean... Oh, wait, English. no, I have one more. Sorry. Oh, go for it, go for it. <laughs> You're fine. Um, that would be I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. And there's a movie of it. Um, okay. And I actually saw the movie first, I think. Um, oh. And Henry Cavill is in it. You know, who's, who's Superman. He? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and when, he, when he's young, so he's like a, a young guy when he's okay. in that. But... Um, it's a it was it's a funny movie and um the book is also it's great and it was um it's basically about this family that's really eccentric and the father is a a writer who had some success but he has writer's block Uh and the mother is like an artist model and an artist and um like gardens in the in the nude and stuff you know they're just like really wild and they live in um, the British countryside, and he's taken a lease out, like a 40-year lease out <laughs> on a castle. Ooh. But see, since he has rider's block, they're having to start selling the furniture to eat oh, because they're, he, they don't have any money. And so, anyway, and then it takes a whole twist into, like, Jane Austen territory when the, um, the lords of the manor or whatever... Um, there's a new family that inherits that place that's their landlords basically uh-huh and so there's two daughters in the eccentric family and two sons in the oh. other family and you know so there's all kinds of yeah shenanigans there <laughs> <laughs> but it's very much like a jane austen thing except with these kooky characters that are a little more modern and you know yeah I, and the fact that you saw the movie first I mean, I don't think I have ever seen a movie and then read the book and, um, I don't know, enjoyed that experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rare. I, like I always kind of, I'm always like, uh, like, or like the book is good, but I wish I had read it first so that this was all fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, the fact that you did it in that order, I think says a lot about the story. Um, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I would, I would highly recommend both of them. And then it's, it's not as you can probably tell, it sounds very different from the other stuff that I typically read. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I was sort of um, the, I don't know, being a, like, it, it reminded me, even though I read it as um, probably an older teenager in my 20s, uh-huh. maybe. Um, well, no, I, I would have been in my 20s. Um, I, it, it reminded me of the kind of imagination that I had as a girl. Where right. like, like living in this castle, mm-hmm. even though it's kind of dilapidated, that seemed like the most fun way yes. to spend your time, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
and yeah, it's there's... not like a a pristine castle it's like a medieval crumbly castle you know right but there's still beautiful mystery in that and when you're young that is exciting oh yeah now I'm just thinking about the leaks and (laughs) that you would have to deal (laughs) yeah no yeah exactly like right now I had the thought of that and it would be cold you know it would be so yes no not interested but it, it reminded me I guess it made me think about how I was how I thought as a kid and yeah. Oh, I nice. I love I love when those feelings come bubbling up. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it's exciting. Okay, so I'll I'll see the you. <laughs> no, I mean I was going to uh, sort of pivot into television. Yeah. If we're ready to ride that train. Yeah. Uh last night uh on Hulu, I started watching Mr. Mayor. It's oh, yeah. uh Tina Fey's new show and she strikes again. It is so hilarious. Um, just, it's almost like, I don't know if anybody, did you watch 30 Rock? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. I adore 30 Rock. And this is kind of like, you know, LA 30 Rock. 30 Rock mm-hmm. in LA. Because it's got all of the, I don't know, all of the Los Angeles tropes and the different people and the, you know, the inside jokes that you understand without, you know, having lived there. Um, but it's so hilarious. Uh, Ted Danson is, um, he's just, you know, uh, won the mayoral election and he, <laughs> I think didn't ex- like nobody expected him to win. I, I, something <laughs> happens that, and I sort of missed out, uh, at the very beginning on how he actually won, but it was kind of a surprise to everyone. And even his chief of staff is kind of like, well, crap, you know, why did I work so hard to get him elected? Because now he's actually elected and he's going to make me look like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it's, there are just some great characters. Holly Hunter is in it. She plays his deputy mayor and she hasn't been in anything in a while. And I love her. I adore Holly Hunter. I didn't know that she, well, I guess in Raising Arizona, she's pretty funny in Raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I feel like she usually, she's great at playing like the stuffy lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she is not the stuffy lady in this. I mean, she is hilarious. She's this like LA hippie who like, she doesn't own a car. She only rides a bike and, um, it's almost like a Leslie Nope, like a hippie L.A. <laughs> Leslie Nope. She's mm-hmm. super, you know, she loves L.A. She loves politics. And she it kind of looks like she's going to kind of be the one that's really running the show. Um, it ugh. And then Bobby Moynihan, he was on SNL, I feel like briefly, oh, yeah. but it might have been longer. I don't. And he was funny, but never really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And he's he's the I think he's the speechwriter, and um, he's hilarious. I I feel like he was supposed to be in the sit- sitcom world in the first place. <laughs> he um, he is really thriving. So I can't say enough great things so far. I've, I've, the first four episodes are out on Hulu, four or five. Um, so I'm just I'm really excited that. Tina Fey still still doing her thing and making me so proud and making me laugh. 
Yeah, that's on my list. I just hadn't started it because, you know, I like to save them up until I can just watch. Yes, yes. Um, and they're, you know, 20 minute episodes and I, we went through them way too quickly. So I do <laughs> recommend maybe waiting until they add up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I loved that on a very different note. I started watching the crown again. I <laughs> had, I watched the first two seasons like back to back. And then when the third season came out, I started, I watched like the first episode and just, I don't know, couldn't get into it. Well, my sister did get back into it and she would not leave me alone. She was like, you have to watch it again, watch it again. And she was talking about it nonstop. And so I was like, fine. <laughs> so I started watching it and, um, I loved the third season. I, there, it just, it, there's so much history that I didn't know about. Um, and I do love that about this show. Um, and in general, it's really good at making you loathe and love someone at the same time, all of these different characters. Um, but now I'm on season four and Princess Diana has made her entrance. And now I'm kind of nervous about watching it <laughs> because we all know yeah. where that goes and it's it's honestly kind of hard to watch um just poor thing and um i i mean i do want to watch it i think i just I, i'm gonna have to kind of shift my mindset um for the rest of the fourth season but um in any case it's a beautifully done show um i do recommend it i do recommend it but i'm scared right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Have you, you said that you you watched it right, but had a hard time. I I watched the first season. That's right. That's right. Um, and I don't know. I I never have had that big of a fascination with uh, the royal family. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, the the acting was good, and it was beautiful, and that you know there was intriguing elements of it. But um, it might be one of those things that I revisit, but. Um, yeah, it just hasn't it, called to me lately. And I, I honestly, I don't blame you one bit. Um, and even like Nick was, he had a hard time. He didn't watch the first season with me when I started it. Um, but then when I had the third season on, he came in and sat down and kind of hinted that he would like me to start waiting for him before <laughs> I <laughs> move on. So, you know, I think that, um, the first season is kind of, it focuses a lot on her relationship with philip and that their love story and mm -hmm. um i don't know the the third the third season has been my favorite so far i'll say that um moving on to a movie that uh we watched recently it's uh it's got it's no big names um in fact can you help me with the guy's name that we were talking about he's on search party do we know his it's name? something like John Paul Anderson or something. Real, <laughs> I mean, Let's really, go with that. yeah, it's, it's um, something like that. But yeah, yeah, he's in a search party. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know a young couple. Um, I don't know, young like relatable couple. I would say um, they're they t decide to take a trip out in the cabin, out in the cabin in the woods, and so they're you know away from. Uh, 
I don't know, the rest of the world and oblivious to what's going on. And, you know, while they're away, uh, some aliens attack the earth and begin to take over. Oh, and they've also agreed to, um, to turn their phones off and not look at them for the entirety of, <laughs> of this course. trip. That's right. why you so, can never do that. That's exactly. Just because when public you do, service announcement, don't yeah. turn your phones off. <laughs> <laughs> because look what happens. Yeah. It's, uh, it's unsafe to turn off. Right. Right. Um, but it is just, it was such a great combination of sort of, I don't know, terrifying thoughts that like, oh my gosh, what if that happened? Because I was telling you, you know, they're a young couple. It made me think of, you know, if Nick and I were in this situation and, um, but then they, they do a great job of kind of, uh, I don't know, making you laugh, even at sort of sad and inappropriate <laughs> parts. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I think that's, I think that's the way that I like to, um, swallow those pills. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it's, it had a really, uh, an ending that I did not see coming. And I love that, Mm -hmm. uh, with anything that I'm reading or watching. Um, it was just, I, I really appreciated it, uh, for the, for its originality and it made us laugh and I hadn't heard of it. So go watch Save Yourselves. I think it's on it's on Amazon, but I think I've seen it on a couple of other streaming services. Oh, I'll be watching it. Yeah, no, and I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching season three of Search Party now too, uh, which is on HBO, I think. Uh, yes, I need to get back to Search Party. Yeah, and they I think there's like six episodes out, but they're releasing two or three at a time, which is nice. That's that is nice of them. It's very generous. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just gone utterly bonkers it's just they doubled down so hard oh my gosh on how crazy it is the second season started to stress me out a little bit i'll Mm -hmm. be honest i was like (laughs) what is happening now yeah you can't um, you can't really take it as a like a serious thing anymore it's very right yeah it's just off the wall right well, the last thing I want to mention, it kind of ties into the, all the stuff that we read and watch. And, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you have this, but I have it so bad. And I didn't know there was a name for it, but it's called Revenge Bedtime Procrastination. Have you heard nope. of this? Nope, but so, do tell. <laughs> I have it. It's basically if you are stressed out or you're doing a lot during the day or you feel like your time isn't your own or, you know, uh-huh. if you're just uh-huh. having a hard time, then you stay up later at night because yep. you want to do more things that are things that you want to do. Yes. And yes. my whole life I've found yes. myself doing this. Yes. I've been doing it. I, I'll go through periods where I do it harder than other times, but I've been yeah. really in that cycle right now. Yeah. Whereas other people are like, I'm stressed. I'm glad to be home from work. I'm just going to, you know, go to sleep. I'm like, no, I want to uh, consume this book and I want to watch this show and I want to yes. talk to my friends. And I'm so I'm going to stay up until two in the morning. And yeah, and yes. uh, yeah, it becomes a and then hate cycle. my life in the morning, but I'm going to do it all over again. So yeah. back off. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like revenge against, you know, the the world, but you're really just doing it to yourself. <laughs> right, right. Oh, so, anyway, I came across that as a concept the past week or so and I was like yep okay so there's a name for what I do all the time yep oh man well I I'm glad to to put a name with a face so to speak (laughs) (laughs) just don't do I don't recommend it you know just put the book down 
whatever turn it off yeah. don't listen to get the a, podcast just get some sleep get a good night's sleep absolutely yeah <laughs> uh, well on that note have a great weekend yeah and until uh, next friday yeah we'll be back here next week bye y'all crystal you know when you desperately need a teddy bear shaped cake pan to bake a teddy bear shaped cake emily don't i ever know that feeling and then i just end up making a plain old boring round cake it's the worst Ugh. or when you need to sew a dress for the party that requires a teddy bear shaped cake but you don't have a sewing machine or a pattern and you don't know how to sew. Oh, I hate when that happens. And of course, we all know what it's like when your bike chain breaks while you're riding your bike to that party. Well, when all three of those scenarios happen to me, I visit the Library of Things here at the Public Library. Our collection now includes non-traditional library items such as cake pans in every shape imaginable, a sewing machine, and a bike repair kit. And we've recently added hotspots and webcams. And more new things are added all the time. And we even take suggestions if we don't have something that you want. So head on over to your Nacogdoches Public Library for all your not-so-common needs. Even if you don't need to bake a cake, sew a dress, or fix a bike. listening to Crystal and Emily on Love Your Shelf, the best librarian podcast in the extensive and highly competitive field of librarian podcasts.